everyone. This is Chad. I'm CEO of Mission.org and the host of Mission Daily. And I'm happy to be with you this Friday. It is an awesome day here. I've been getting out. And I don't know why I'm on a running kick lately. I like it. It's working well for me. And I want to know what you're up to. Are you getting your exercise in in quarantine? Are you on a yoga kick? Are you on a free movement kick? What are you up to? How are you staying mobile? And you got to get ready because summer's coming. And so is the end of quarantine. It's coming. Might feel a long way off, but the numbers are out there. Things are getting better. And it's important to remember to look for that good news. When you look for it, you will find it. We talked about that coalition of states on the East Coast, the West Coast that are opening up. And people might be quibbling. They might be arguing about the specifics and the timelines and everything, but it's going to happen. And when it does, it's important that all of us do our part to be as healthy as possible. The more healthy we are, the less of risk that we're going to transmit this, that we're going to spread it. So whether that's taking lysine, taking some zinc, magnesium, fish oil, running, whatever it is, just make it happen because that golden age isn't going to come unless we create it. So today's episode, I want to talk about letting go. And I want to talk about letting go of what's not your fault. So if you're the type of person to listen to this podcast, then you're a type of person that is smart. You're a type of person who is considerate, thoughtful, and is really looking for a way to not get an edge in the world, but to see the world, right? To see the world as it actually is and to see yourself as you actually are. And the concept of letting go is an interesting one to explore. There's a great book that David R. Hawkins wrote called Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. Many of you might remember that name, David R. Hawkins. He's the author of Power Versus Force, kind of a book that's reemerged in recent years about power, force, and how one trumps the other. And you might hear different artists. Uh, Kanye recently brought it up. And there's a lot of different artists who have cited this book. And you can tell it's a great book because of the criticism it gets from mainstream psychology. And you can tell it's a challenging topic because of the divisiveness that it, it kind of creates. So the, these are words that are very tricky because we have a definition of uh, power sometimes that can be fearful and we have a definition of force that can be fearful as well. So just thinking about these concepts, it can be hard to see what the author means until you actually read it. Um, but that's a tangent. We talk about that some other time. Today, we're talking about letting go. And let me start with a quote from Dr. Hawkins. Enlightenment is not something that occurs in the future after 50 years of sitting cross-legged and saying, Om. it is right here in this instant. The reason you're not experiencing the state of total peace and timelessness is because it is being resisted. It is being resisted because you are trying to control the moment. If you let go of trying to control your experiences of the moment, and if you constantly surrender it like a tone of music, then you live on the crest of this exact alwaysness. Experience arises like a note of music. The minute you hear a note, it's already passing away. The instant you've heard it, it's already dissolving. 
so every single moment is a dissolving as it arises. Let go of anticipating the next moment, trying to control it, trying to hang on to that moment that has just passed. Let go to clinging that has occupied your mind. Let go to trying to control what you think is about to occur. Then you live in an infinite space of non-time and non-event. There is an infinite peace beyond description. And you are home. So I botched a couple of words, but you get the idea. There is an infinite space. And it's the present moment where nothing bad, I hope, is <laughs> happening. And if we really are co-creators in this reality and our minds can manifest things and make matter plastic in a sense and shape around our wants and our desires and our intentions, then it's very important that we let go of fear, that we become more aware, that we become more conscious and that we practice getting into that state where everything is okay in the present. And this can feel impossible during this time where there's supposedly so much going on in the world. And the question always arises, which is compared to what? Compared to what other time? When has there ever been a time where 8 billion biological organisms have been functioning together perfectly in a perfect harmonious chorus of voluntary human act interaction? There hasn't been that time yet. It's been a very rocky road to get here. However, we're still at the cusp, though, where ideas that Dr. Hawkins and others are promoting are starting to percolate out there into the consciousness of people. And this is very, very powerful. The more people who can receive, understand, and explore this message themselves in the context of their own life, in the context of reality testing and of trial and error, the better off we'll be. There are many things that stop us from letting go. This concept is something that is simple, it's really difficult, and at the same time, it's, it's just really profound, right? Because why are you holding on to so many things that are hurting you? Why are you holding on to so many memories that don't serve you? You know, I ask these questions for myself as much as I ask them for you to consider. It's very confusing sometimes when we take a step back and we breathe and we get that space in the present moment and realize that nothing else is there. The past isn't there. The future's not here. We just have this opportunity. Here's another quote. The truly humble cannot be humbled. They are immune to humiliation. They have nothing to defend. There is no vulnerability and therefore the truly humble do not experience critical attacks by others. Instead, a truly humble person sees the critical verbalization by another person as merely a statement of the other person's inner problems. That's another powerful quote from this book. And it can be so hard when you are attacked by someone or even just feel that you're attacked, right? There was a situation a while ago where I tried to describe to someone that although the, you know, we, we both had like different narratives of what had just happened, right? You know, that this, you know, this happens probably often to you 
in arguments where it's almost like, okay, this person's watching a different movie or am I not seeing this movie clearly? Like where do we get to and how do we get to objective reality? And it can be difficult sometimes because we don't want to let go of the fact that, you know, what we feel happened might not have happened. The feeling might be tied to an earlier event. The feeling might be tied to an early childhood trauma. The feeling might be tied to someone else that we're projecting into this completely separate interpersonal relationship that's happening in the present. And when we're not in a state of mindfulness, of conscious awareness, the past and the future tend to creep into our interactions with others. And we're really prevented from letting go of the past and the future and just being in the present moment with the other person. And it can be very difficult to not bring that baggage into an interpersonal relationship or interaction. But if you can do that, and if you can practice that more and more, and if you can be open to the idea that what you feel happened might not have happened, and what actually happened might be a bit more tame than what you think, this is a great grounds for, like we said earlier, for reality testing and kind of coming to the table with the other person that you're relating with and getting to consensus reality that is healthy for both of you, especially if both of you are aware of these ideas of, you know, letting go and fighting hard to keep the past and the future out of your interactions. So when thoughts come up in your mind, when the past comes up and it's tempting to hang on to your pain, you have to ask yourself why, right? Is it because you believe in original sin? Is it because you believe that you're guilty and that if you punish yourself more, you'll somehow you know, become worthy? The question that Dr. Hawkins proposes, and I want to ask everyone out there, is how long are you going to beat yourself up over things before you let them go? And whether you define letting go as forgiveness or if you want to you know, really fight to forgive yourself, it's worth exploring, right? You can always go back to beating yourself up and you can always go back to carrying things and repeating them later if letting them go doesn't work out. Oftentimes, it's tempting to hold on to a story of ourselves. It's so tempting because outside of that story is the unknown. And outside of that story, you don't have the same people that you had inside the story to confirm what's going on, to you know, validate your repetition compulsion or whatever is going on. So as you start to shed the pieces of your narrative and let go of them that don't serve you, this is both an exhilarating experience, but it's also something that is, I would say, beyond tough. Surrender doesn't even begin to sum up what this experience is like. And whether you want to say, you know, you're transcending the ego or you are just cleansing your mind. It's important to experiment with because when you start to take off the pieces of your narrative or just experiment with not carrying them as much, that's where you get into a space where you can let new things emerge from your mind. 
you know, your mind is infinite. No one knows how the human biocomputer works, the most sophisticated object in the known universe. Nobody knows exactly how it works. But one thing I've learned lately from direct experience is that in the absence of the stimulus from the past and the future and fear-based responses, fight or flight, whatever you want to call it, new things emerge. You get a new vantage point on who you might be. As Dr. Hawkins says, the world can only see us as we see ourselves. If you're always surrounded by reminders of the past, if you never change things, how are you ever going to live in the present? It's been said that the things that we own end up owning us. And in my own life, I've been a big proponent of changing the set and setting every so often, of moving, of staying mobile. And this can be maddening for a lot of people, but I feel like it's really healthy. And whether you want to think, oh, it's the explorer gene or you know whatever story you tell yourself about this, I find that the present moment isn't anchored in one place for too long. This idea that we always have to stay in the same place and uh, maintain a quote unquote home or, you know, maintain this like very, very stable place is it challenges everything that is involved in becoming, right? It, It challenges the process of becoming something new and, you know, your soul's evolution is going to be crushed if you aren't continually letting go and exploring the idea of who you are without certain pieces of your narrative baked in. So I would encourage everyone to check out the book if you want to, and just experiment with what letting go means in your own life. It's not something where you have to let go of everything. And if you're on a ladder, don't physically let go. But if you are out there and open to the idea that things and ideas and programs in your mind might not be serving you, just consider letting them go and notice what each one gives you because certain pieces of our narrative give us something. We wouldn't be clinging to them so desperately unless they were providing us something. It might be uh, a self-nourishing thing to fill in an emotional scar that we got when we were little. It's basically going to be something that is plugging the leaky bucket of what we perceive to be, you know, our capacity to carry love or our capacity to feel whole. It can feel like, you know, through damage, through trauma that we're perpetually leaking. And when we start to let go of things, when we start to challenge the narrative, we might find that we're already able to hold the love, the experience, the the good stuff. It's not leaking as much as we thought it was. So I want to end here with a quote from Dr. Hawkins, and it's a great, it's a question and answer. A lot of his books have this, this Q&A session that I think is, uh, is really fun. First though, the daily mission. Let go. Let go of the stuff you're beating yourself up about. There's no reason to feel guilty anymore. Experiment with life outside of that. Let's end with a quote. Question. What if a negative feeling towards someone or a situation persists despite my intention and effort to let it go? Answer. 
Sometimes one is more or less forced to surrender to a situation and presume that it's karmic. With spiritual research, one finds out that it is indeed karmic. Let's say you are paying off the karma of being mean to a lot of people. Now you get a chance to see what it's like to have people be mean to you. Sometimes the only reasonable thing left to do is to surrender to karmic patterns. You don't have to believe in karma as a religious doctrine in order to make this step. It's simply accepting the basic law of human interactions that what goes around comes around. And most of us have not always been saints. This can feel scary, right? There are negative feelings sometimes that we feel we're validated in holding and it can feel like, oh, we, ha- we have to be punished or, you know, we're going to be punished. I would encourage you to explore challenging ideas like this because the reality is you're going to be the harshest judge of you. Anyone that has a consciousness, anyone that has a conscience is going to be a brutal judge at times, especially if you've been trained in this way. Explore these ideas, noodle them over for the weekend, and we'll be back next week. It's so fun to be with you. I'm enjoying the new format. If you like it, be sure to hit us up. I'm at Chad Grills on the socials. Not really too active on there, although we'll be in the future. There's a comeback plan that I'm enacting and we're at The Mission HQ on the socials as well. Same story over there. We're starting to become more active again and you can find our podcasts anywhere. You can find us and our work at mission.org. And if you are a business looking for original content to achieve the results you need, check out mission.org slash studios. We have a growing network of podcasts. We have more in the works that we're building and getting ready to launch every day. We have a new one out called Hidden in Plain Sight. You can see that it's at the top of the technology category. Sophia Bush narrated the first season and I will be hosting the second season, which is coming up, uh, I believe May 1st. Some of those interviews will start to drop. It's been awesome to be with you. And as you know, I'm going through a pretty wild journey myself and it's an honor to have you here. It's an honor to have you listen. And I appreciate every single person that does. I do my best to respond and read to every single message that listeners send and always try to incorporate their thoughts, their perspectives, and what they want to see more or less of in the show. So would love to hear from you and have a great Friday and great weekend. Take care. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.